morning. Welcome to the Bar on Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Exploring your faith hour. You can call in, email, and be a part of the conversation here. And good morning to everybody here. Today, unless you have some questions, we're going to be dealing with first, Second Corinthians 7, 1. Second Corinthians 7, 1. That's what we're going to deal with. Anybody have any questions about anything, any comments in a week? Mary, would you read that for me? Second Corinthians 7, 1. Second Corinthians 7.1. You have it? Oh, she has it. She's looking for it on her computer, uh, folks. The computer took the Bible. Okay. 7.1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. All right. Do you want to say the same thing, the Jewish Bible? Oh, okay. All right. Um, let me see. I was thinking this morning, how do I want to go with this? Because I really want this to, to work for you. Um, how do I want to go with it? How do I want to go with it? What? By explaining what it is. I'm sorry? By explaining what filthiness of the flesh is. No. I will ask this question first. Uh, let me ask Ron. When the Bible says, uh, let us cleanse ourselves from all pollution of the flesh and spirit, what is the... Uh, how do you cleanse yourself from the, uh, well, what it, how do I do? What is the, um, what is the, what, what is the pollution that we're, he's telling us to clear, and what is the spirit? So she told me this morning that, about the question, so I, I'm kind of semi-prepared. Oh, she told you the answer to it? No, not the oh, answer. Oh, just the question, okay. Just the, yeah. That's fine, that's good. And I have been actually thinking about this Quite a bit lately. Okay. Um, an example is Ke Kelly was asking me, you know, about teach. I taught. I, th I think the Bible should be taught in everything, in in in, in education, Western. It's the foundation of Western culture, yes. literature, um, science, um, history. And she goes, "Well, what about the kids that don't believe in it?" And I said, "Teach them too." I mean, we, it's our it's in our charge to teach them, even in, in our school system, the foundations of the Bible and. And that's the foundations of the first commandment. And we shouldn't be backtracking and allowing other things to question what we should be doing, uh, like multiculturalism or tolerance. Because we're being tolerant of, of death. But we're being tolerant of Islam, atheism, uh, Hinduism is about slavery. So the, the corruption of the spirit is allowing or thinking that other things are as good as God. Thinking that we can accept other things which inevitably leads to, in all cultures that are not of God, all the cultures that are not of God are uh, perversions of the flesh, uh, abortion, the sexual culture. How do we cleanse ourselves of the flesh and spirit? 
Oh, you say by not allowing that to happen? By accepting God is the only one and only best thing, period. And what is the spirit? The spirit, the, the will of God that within us? The spirit is the will of God that is within us. Yeah. Oh, okay. What did you get from it? Um, yes, yes. What, how do we cleanse ourselves of the flesh and spirit, and what is the spirit? Well, I think we cleanse ourselves by not, not having, you know, false idols, not um, kind of adoring or serving anything other than God, not being selfish. A lot of that, I think everybody is very selfish and put, we always put our own needs before everything else, um, you know, including lust and things that aren't pure in, in you know, the sight of God. So I think that's all the, the filth and the, you know, the things that we need to cleanse ourselves of. Uh -huh. And then the spirit, this, I think the spirit is just having the spirit of God within us. If we have all those evil things and if we, you know, if we do those things, if they're inside us, then we can't have the spirit of God in us. So we have to seek him and, you know, try and be Christ-like. And, um, what is the spirit? The, well, I think we have to seek the spirit of God. But oh, I see. We don't you don't think we already have it? I think some people do, but I don't think everybody has it. Because the scripture says, um, let us cleanse ourselves of all pollution from the flesh and the spirit, which indicates we already have the spirit. And he just wants you to clean it up. Right. But I mean, we don't have God's spirit. We want, we have the spirit, but we need to make sure it's the right spirit. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, you were there Thursday night, right? So you knew I was going to ask this question tonight, today. Okay. Hold on a minute, I'm sorry. Oh, hold on for the mic. Uh, okay. How do we cleanse ourselves uh, from the flesh and the spirit, how do we do it? I, 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 I thought about it a lot, but I still didn't come up with a good answer. For oh, that. okay. I like that. Right. If you don't know, don't force it. Right. Good. That's, that's a good answer. Did you have your hand? Oh, you did not. Let's go here. Have you heard this before? Let us cleanse ourselves of the flesh and spirit. And how do we do that? Um, I would say just uh, don't uh, entertain frivolous earthly things. You know, just, you know, concern yourself with, uh, you know, your, your priorities would be of, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, your priorities would be um, for for a higher cause of sorts. That's what that's I see. That's how you do it? That's, yeah, that's what I would think, yeah. Did that, has that worked for you? It's starting to. It's starting to work? What is the, this is another question I want to ask on top of this. What is the one thing that holds you back in life? It just seems it won't go away. Uh, fear. Fear? Oh, okay. Fear holds you, and why is it holding you back? Well, I can see how throughout my life it's kind of molded me and kind of corralled me into different 
you know. Yeah. And it's actually ruled over me over my entire life. And I can see that um, I don't want that. It's like being caged in a cage without, without bars. Wow, I understand that. And it's just hard to overcome it, huh? Well, you see it and then you, you have to go, oh, I can see it and you have to go right through it. Whatever it is that you've, I've, this is what I've been doing lately, is whenever I feel fear, I decide that's what I gotta do. And I go right, you know, I don't allow it, I don't stop and go, oh no, I can't do that because I'm afraid. I do, I do it because of that. And, um, you know, I, I, whatever fear, fear I feel, I know that's what I have to do. Does that, that helps? Yes. It, it works? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And what is the spirit? What is what? The spirit. Cleanse the flesh and spirit. What is that? Um, I think you actually start to, is in my thing, you can see these, the frivolousness of these things and they're un, un, uh, like, like cleansing yourself of them. You can see how they're not good. But what is the spirit? Wait, I, I, don't, I don't know if I understand. Uh, it says to cleanse ourselves of all pollution of the flesh and spirit. Um, Do you know what that is, the spirit? I don't think so. I don't okay. know. And one of the reasons I, I, I appreciate this feedback and the talk because what I've realized is that we as Christians, we have been taught about these things, the spirit and all this kind of stuff, and yet our lives haven't gotten better. We're still struggling and stuff is happening and we're tripping out. We were tripping out of things. And I realized we really don't have an understanding about what we've been taught at all. And because of that, we as children of God are still struggling. And I realize it's because the understanding just hasn't come. The, the knowledge of it has been in the way, but the understanding has not been revealed. And that's why we don't have, we don't know, nothing is really getting better for us. When you really look at the Christian life, now, I'd rather have the intellectual Christian than not to have it, that's for sure. Because if you don't have that, you'll be out of control completely. But have you noticed that life is not really well for Christians? They're insecure, they're doubtful, their families are messed up, they, it's, it's, it's just crazy. And it's, it's not supposed to be that way. But it is that way because we don't have understanding about what we know. And we can mention the spirit and all that. But when someone says, well, what is that spirit? We start guessing and hemming and hawing and just trying to make up something. And we, God doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to have understanding about what it is. He wants us to know because knowing is the freedom. Uh-huh. I don't know why y'all so quiet. The lady in the back. How do we cleanse ourselves of the flesh and spirit? Well, I couldn't find that. Oh, yeah, you were here Thursday night. Yeah, I couldn't find that scripture. I was looking and looking. I don't know. I, you looked I at just the Bible? Opened the, yeah, I just opened the Bible. I don't go chapter one, chapter two. Well, that's why you didn't find it then. Well, I found it because Stephanie, I just showed, the Bible. Me where, Stephanie showed me where it was this morning. Oh, okay. So I sort of read it. But to me, it, it means like 
what I'm going through, <clears throat> doubt and fear to get rid of those thoughts. That's what you're going through right now? Doubt and fear? Yeah, well, I go through it a lot. You oh, know, and God. why? Uh, because I guess I don't trust in God enough. You don't? I, I, I'm guessing. You know? Oh. And, and so uh, when something comes up that I have to say something, I, I, I don't know if I should or not. I doubt myself. Oh, okay. You know? So and, you don't know how to cleanse the body of all that stuff, right? Well, I think you should cleanse your, your thoughts, your dark thoughts. and. If you think that so, why have you done it? Why haven't I done it? That's good if you question. believe that that's the way. I, I don't know. Maybe that's not the way. Or maybe you just believe in something because somebody said it. Well, uh, if they say to cleanse yourself, and like... And it may be, but I'm just saying, you have a mindset that that is it, but it's just a mindset that's not working. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yes, yeah. that could be true. I don't get the spiritual right. answer of it. Yes. And yeah. that's another thing that knowledge and education has done to us. It gives us a mindset about it, but it doesn't change anything. And, we're, and then when we ask for answers, we'll go to that mindset. Oh, we got to get rid of thoughts, or we got to do this, or we got to do that. But we need to start looking to see where, if that's true, why isn't it working for me then? You know what I'm saying? And people don't ask that. I got to ask Ron a question since I know he's pretty smart. I was thinking of this last night. Where did, how did we come up with the King James Bible to be the Bible? Who decided that? <laughs> uh, King James, um, he wanted a uh, version that could be, because they were all in Latin or Greek or whatever. And so he got the, them to uh, translate it in, into English, Old English. And even at the time, it was a high Old English. It wasn't common English. Even at the time, oh. but they did have like 19 rules or something. There was a, there was a set of rules, but it was it was con it's considered one of the best translations for the Western world. Oh, I see. James and King James made that decision. Yeah, he got you got all these people to work on it and really you know really careful, really historical. So it's considered one of the best translations of the Bible, and even today, most most evangelicals about over half of them still use the the King James version. And why does it work? They, they, they really went to the Hebrew and Greek and really tr tried to translate it as accurately as possible. But why doesn't the Bible work? Oh, why doesn't the Bible work? Why, do, why is it that it does not work? Well, one thing I, I'm... The Bible, um, a, uh, access to all people, has really been in the last 100, 100, 150 years. Right. So we really, as individuals, only had access to the Bible in the la last couple hundred years, I would say. It seems to me that, um, and that's only in the evangelical that we even really push individuals reading the Bible for themselves. Um, but uh -huh. there's a lot of Bible illiteracy. So it's, it's not working because it had been around long enough? Well, the access to it has been pretty recent, I would say, oh, okay. just in a historical sense. Yeah, I wonder last night, how did we come up with the King James Bible? And everybody say, that's it, that's the Bible. And have things been left out of the Bible? In some of the other translations, they're just not, you know, um, I would say most 
God in his infinite wisdom made it so that the lessons are repeated over and over and over. Yeah. So when, even when you can mistranslate, there's still self-correcting mechanisms in translations. Uh -huh. but like it's, it's a difference of 95 to 99%. That's yeah. the, you know. I don't like it when they keep translating the Bible because they keep leaving stuff out. And then when they leave things out, it just confuses us even more so because the whole picture is not there. And so it just confuses people. Then when we discuss it, we just have an argument about the Bible <laughs> because so much is missing. But thank God for Jesus because God knew that that would happen. And so what he did was he, read, he wrote the word in our hearts, the word made flesh in our hearts, and only he can reveal it to us, and that way mankind can't tamper with it and give us the raw information. But the problem is, is to get people to go from the Bible to the heart, because the Bible clearly tells us that we need to, uh, the uh, kingdom of heaven is within, we need to, that the word is made flesh, that is everything we're looking for is within us, but how do we translate that from the Bible to the heart? Because a lot of people have been taught, well, the Bible is it. If you ain't quoting Jesus, then you don't have it. And they, they'll miss the part that is in their heart and it's messing them up because it's written in our heart. Just think about the folks who never come in contact with the Bible, but yet they know the truth. Now, how they get to there is different, but they know right from wrong. It's with us and we got to find it, go back inside and find it there. The, um, the, um, pollution of the flesh is what I want to deal with first. Um, when it says pollution, it's talking about, I think what most of you have already uh, hit on, like up in our body, right? We, our, our temper is, is the temper of God. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians 3.17, it talks about our bodies are the temple of God. And we should keep that clean as much as possible. Stay away from the wrong kind of sex, meaning no sex before marriage and all this crazy stuff you're getting into. Um, keep it away from anger, you know, because anger pollutes the body and the spirit as well. Keep it away from doubt and fear and worry and insecurity and ego because all those things pollute the body. And and he wants us to cleanse the spirit too, because when you when the spirit is dark, and the one thing that makes the spirit dark more than anything else, I think, is judgment, is anger, is resentment. It's dark in your spirit. And then it brings on all this doubt and worry and insecurity. You find yourself always putting up a resistance against life instead of relaxing and letting things happen. You're always trying to come up with something that makes you feel better. Even people get married just to feel better. You know, they're walking around and they say, oh, I'm getting older now. You know, I need to have a family. And so they're feeling like nothing. And so they figure the answer to fulfilling that is to get married and take it to a different level. Because now that they're married, they feel better about, about themselves. You know, you have the wedding, everybody's talking about it. Everybody thinks that you're something because you're getting married. Then once you get married, everybody go home, you open up all the presents, then reality sit in, sets in again where all of a sudden you don't feel like anything again. Have you noticed that? 
But it's, and that's the kind of pollution you got to get rid of. And the one thing I realized about forgiveness, forgiveness doesn't allow you to put up a resistance against life. Forgiveness allows you to relax in life and let things happen. If someone is cursing you out, you let them curse you out. If someone is bad-mouthing you, talking about you behind your back, uh, forgiveness allows that to happen. But if you don't have that forgiveness, that pollution in your heart, you want to fight back at the person that's talking about you. You want to hate the person that's talking about you. You want to go off on the person that's talking about you. And I realize that most people have not forgiven, and that's why they got this battle going on. They are fighting against everything rather than relaxing and overcoming don't put up a resistance at all because it's like God is here. Your soul is here. Your spirit is your soul. It's that part that is created in the image of God. We have a bit of him. And so the soul is here. God is here. And we are praying, right? You know how you pray? And then, but there is something right in the middle here that blocks the prayer. It's like the conflict, the doubt, the worry, the pain that you have. It's blocking that, that communication with God. And it's that we got to get rid of. And the way you get rid of it is, I saw a hand. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Right here. You said put up no resistance. To no t- resistance. To temptation? Yes. Basically? Yes. Isn't that what the atheists say? What's the difference between you saying it and them saying it? What do you mean compared to what they mean? Is that's what I mean. a real good question. I didn't know the they say the same that. thing. You know, let it go. Just do what you want to do, kind of thing. Well, I'm not telling you to do what you want to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. What's the because difference? Because resistance. As a matter of fact, if you put up no resistance, you relax and let go. You're less likely to do wrong. Because you like turning yourself over to God to take over within you. And because you know that this is not what you want to do. And so you just don't know how to get rid of it. You're tired of battling with it, fighting it, trying to let it go. Because you know that it's wrong. The problem is the moment you can let it go, then it's over. Because you see that it's wrong. And I I guess the atheists are talking about accept it and do it and act it out, right? Yes, accept it. It is right. No. Accept it. Um, just go with it. And what I'm saying is, just know that it's not what you want and let God fight your battle. Okay. Because if you just heard a young lady over there say, well, you know, I have all this fear and I doubt and I can't. It's because she's struggling with everything. She's fighting against it. And that's what feeds this, this darkness that sits between your soul and God. Is that, that playing God because Anytime you fight against it, you're playing God. It's all ego to fight against evil. And everything, 90% of the things that we do is ego. Isn't that something? 90% of the thing, and you're going to find this out when you get to know yourself. If you really get to know yourself, you're going to see that everything you do almost in life is a resistance, it's all ego, it's to make you feel better. It's not even about the other person at all. And then if you say to yourself, it's about the other person, 
you're still lying to yourself. That's ego too, because the reason you're saying that because you want to feel good, thinking that you're doing something for somebody else. It's all ego. It's all ego. Isn't that amazing? Everything we do is all ego. We have to have a life of no opinion at all. Zero opinion about anything. That sound like fun, Tay? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine having a life without any opinion? No. You can't imagine that? I can't. And, and why not? Because it almost seems like you almost have to have an opinion about <laughs> something. Yeah, but you don't. Okay. Go ahead. No. I, yeah, the, pers- the happiest person is the person with no opinion. The happiest person is the person that deals with situations without weighing the good and the bad in it. They don't, they don't deal with it based on what they think is right. Isn't that something? Now, how do we get to that point? <laughs> and, and, and that's what it means to just let go and let God. You got to let go of all of your opinions. You have to let go of anything that feeds the ego. And everything we do is about the ego. Even if we go to the gym, we'll tell ourselves, oh, we're going to the gym because we want to be healthy. That's about ego, too. Or we tell ourselves, because we'll go to the gym, and what we want to do is pump the men, such as myself, want to pump our bodies up, and then we want to look good, make sure somebody knows it. It's really not about being healthy. It's about looking good. You know what I'm saying? But we'll tell ourselves things that are not true. I'm serious. We are so in darkness, it's not even funny. We are so ego. We have not let God let go and let God. Yes, John? Yeah, uh, that's a good way to live. But as far as uh, politics, uh, you kind of have to, uh, if you're going to get involved, uh, you kind of have to have an opinion about this is wrong. Or else you wouldn't get involved. Why do you say that? Well, it's your opinion that <laughs> that this is this is wrong, and I'm going to stand up and do something about it. Or else, if you just looked at things and and not say, "Hey, this is this is not right. I'm going to get involved," then you would uh you would be like the uh, Jehovah Witnesses. You just wouldn't be involved at all. I'm just talking about politics. Right. Wow. I love that. I understand what you're saying. Uh, and Patrick want to respond to that. But I totally understand what you're saying. And Patrick is the smartest white man on this side of heaven. He can help us figure this. What do you say to that? You look like you had to read that off of a card. No. <laughs> I was trying to think of another thought I had here. <laughs> what do you say to you that? You should know it within and not have to look at the That's right. Yeah. What do you um, say to that? Well, I think it's a little bit of a semantical difference because where you would be coming from is you don't have an opinion about things. You just see it as it is. Yes. That's it. That's right. If you, if you were not ego-driven, me or anybody, and I'm just saying you because we're talking, if you were not ego-driven, you would not have a personal opinion about politics either. 
And because we're supposed to live a life one mind with God, we're supposed to live a life of observation, not thinking about it and not into it like that. When you think about things, just think about how many times you had an opinion about the person you voted for, and it turns out that's not the person you thought that it was. And because you had a, you based it on right and wrong that you've learned and not what God allows you to see. And if we could get rid of the ego opinion about things, he allows us to see things as they are, and that's what we should operate by. And that way, you're never disappointed, you're never up and down about the pilot, the the particular person you voted for or anything. Because I remember voting for a guy out of Massachusetts. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, this is it. This guy is conservative, and he's going to do it up, right? He was the greatest disappointment I ever had. And I'm like, forget it. I'm done with them. And then, so we had another one who came along, and everybody was loving that one. He was a disappointment. Because I wasn't observing the person I was based on what they said they would do and who they said, they said that they were. It wasn't true. And so if you, but if I allow myself to, allow God to show me all things, I wouldn't be disappointed like that. An opinion is all ego because we don't know right from wrong. We cannot determine right from wrong. Just think about how many times you tried to do right in your life and it turns out wrong because you thought it was the right thing to do. We got to get away from the ego. We got to come back to God. When he said, let go, of ourselves, we can do nothing. Of ourselves, we know nothing. That's the truth. We don't know anything, and we can do nothing. But we're still trying to because we've been intellectually taught the scriptures. Look how messed up the folks are with the degrees and things. Talking about ego at work. Yes, Pat. I was going to say, I realize I've had to develop a, a zero tolerance policy for judgment. Yes. That in the last week I've been noticing myself. I, you know, early in the week I blew up at a friend about some silly political issue. And speaking of politics. And I realized how ridiculous it was that I'm getting mad about somebody's opinion. Yes. And it hurt me inside mostly because I was angry and it ruined the rest of my day. So... I realize that there's no, there's no playing around with this stuff. You can't, like, judge a little bit or play with it a little bit because it gets in and then it just messes you up. So I'm really having to, like, watch that stuff right at the doorway now that it, it doesn't even... And if it does enter in a little bit, you know, just kind of really pay attention to what it is. Yes. When you have an opinion about something, you put your hope in that, too. That's why it's disappointing when it doesn't work out. And as, as, as you were saying... God only wants us to have faith in him and hope in him alone, along with nothing else. But opinion, when we're of our opinion about things, our opinion, our hope is not in God. We, that's why we're disappointed with the politician. That's why we're disappointed with the friends or whatever, because we have hope in them. We, we hope that they be righteous. We hope that they are right. We hope this and hope that. And our faith is connected to that rather than observing it and having a little space there so you're not up and down. Because when you're one with God, you're never up and down. You're just always there. I'm telling you, it's all ego. And if you would pray, you would start to see this. If you would truly seek the kingdom of God, you would start to see what I'm telling you. Because all the way I know about it is he's allowing me to see these things. I really want to know these things. And the more you seek him, the more you come to know.
He will reveal to you. He will, but you got to seek him. Let me go right here, Darren. Uh, I've had, like, over the last week, I've had, I've been, uh, I've had to confront people about things, and I had to be resolute about um, what I wanted them to do. And uh, actually, I actually made them do what I wanted them to do, which was, I believe, was the right thing. But another thing you were saying, like, the ego, like... Well, one thing, you know... I don't know exactly what you mean because I don't have the example in front of me, but you don't want to make people do anything. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't have the, uh, any ideas about what I wanted to, the, the outcome to be. Yes. I just told him, I go, uh, you know, you should be ahead of us, not we telling you what to do. You should be telling us what to do. You're our elected official. You should be doing this. And he, he got it. You, know? you told an elector, elected official, official that he should be telling you what to do? He should, we shouldn't, I go, we shouldn't have to come down to your office and tell you this has to be done. You should already know it has to be done. It's obvious. And you made him do it? And he said, well, I, I feel my work, my, uh, my time could be better spent. I go, well, that might be fine as far as you're concerned, but all the people in this room feel differently. And he goes, well, you know, I'll, we'll discuss this with my people, and I'll, I'll, huh. I'll, get an, I'll give you an answer. And so I called him back like two days later, and he goes, we've decided we're going to go along. And oh, it. I see. So. Well, that's different in that we are, we are the, they work for us. Right. We don't work for them, so they have to do. But I just put what? up a brick wall opposition to what I consider to be uh, evil. Well, when you let go of your anger yes. and you have a pure heart, yes. that's what you're going to put up against all spirits. Yes. A brick wall. Yes. But you can't have that wall until you let the anger go. That's a good example. Yes. You're right. You, you, you told this person what they need to do. Mm -hmm. They want to stay in the office. Right. You're the boss. Right. So they have to do it. Right. Well, if you get rid of anger, your, life will, your whole life will start to work that way. Yes. Well, why don't you let the anger go completely? Well... Uh, I'm starting to. I really am. I'm starting to see how uh, it really is an ingredient that you don't really need. It, you know, if it's not. If, you know, it's not an ingredient that you, it, that's, that you have to have. In fact, it's something that you don't need. Right. And I, you know, I'm starting to see that. And then, like another thing you're talking about, like ego. Like occasionally, I can see my ego, even if it's just a little egotistical thing. Yes. It's always unsavory to look at. Yeah. It always is, even if it's just a little thing. Well, you're going to get to thing. a point, if you continue and really want to overcome it, you're going to get to a point where you're going to be happy to see it. Right, you, yeah. Because it, you well, know yeah. that this is something you need to overcome, and it, 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 God would take it away from you. Yeah, it, it is. I'm actually glad to see it, but it's not a good thing. It's not a pleasant thing to look at. And why not, though? Because oh, I know why not. not. I know why not. I kinda, it's ego. Right, it's ego. Yeah. It's still ego in operation. You, you, you say you want to see it so you can overcome it, and then when you see it, you judge it. Oh, look how off I am. Right. Oh, this is terrible. So you're still playing ego. Right. You're not observing this thing that's made a home in you. Right. You're still playing God with it, yes. and that's why you can't overcome it. Yes. And that's why I hear a lot of people say, oh, I, I see myself, but I'm not getting better. 
I see myself and I just hate it. You're still playing God with it. I, I used to ask, well, why are you asking God to let you see yourself? He allows you to see it, and then you judge yourself for seeing it. And that's why you don't get over it. You can't put up any kind of resistance if you want to be free. And that's another resistance. Yes. That makes sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. And then these people, oh, I just hate to see my ego. It's just so hard. How dumb is that, huh? Either you want to see it and be free or you don't. Um, did I see your hand? Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, how about if uh, you go to a gym for your health and stuff? Is yeah, that bad? I say That's that. I'm sorry? If you go to the gym... <laughs> To get healthy. Now, nothing wrong with going to the gym. Let me clear that up. Go to the gym, lie to yourself. You can say it's for food reasons, health reasons. It's good to work out. I highly recommend you exercise, run or walk or do something. Yeah. So don't stop going to the gym. Because he just said a while ago, you go for ego. Right. And you will see that you're going for that reason. I don't but think so. But you still go. I don't think so, because I don't like the gym. You don't like the gym? No. <laughs> Because I'm getting older and I want to live longer. Uh, you want what? I want to live longer. And healthy. it's good to work out. Make sure you work out. Yeah, I do. And if you don't see it for your ego, then you're good. Yeah, okay. But if you do see it, don't stop going. Okay. Because seeing it and then not having an opinion about it would change it. Oh, okay. It would change it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will stop doing things because they'll say, oh, I stopped because my ego is in the way. I'm like, are you crazy? That's not a reason to stop. That's a reason to keep going. God will take care of the ego thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I didn't pray because it's all ego. Mm-hmm. How are you not going to pray because the ego's in the way? You want to get rid of that. Yes. You just said something that struck me when you said, um, don't stop doing it. I go to the gym too, right? Right. And I know why I go. I go because I, I have to compete. I want to stay at a certain energy level. I want to look good. All that kind of stuff. Yes. Right. I'm not. I'm not kidding myself. But um, it's interesting when you said so. Even though you see it's your ego doing that, put your ego aside, and the way you said something about that, and, and the way you do it will get better. Or, yeah, it'll work like itself that. out. Well, it will work out well, if well, you don't develop an opinion about it. You know, say, "Oh, I'm a bad person. I'm doing this for ego." So you'll end up doing it for the right reason? Is that what you're saying? Yes. God will take care of it. So that's like everything. That's like life. That's like everything. That's like your work, too. Your work. Your work. You want to be cool. You want to have a nice car. You want to have nice clothes. You work. You work harder. You tell yourself that's a mark of success, but it's really so you look good. Right. Something like that. But eventually, by working, by seeing that and uh, not, not, not stopping it, It'll work itself in the right way. You'll be doing it for the right... Okay. Absolutely. It'll work itself out. Because you notice with a workaholic, he or she would say, oh, I'm a workaholic. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to slow this down. And they'll slow it down for a day or two, week, or maybe a month, and then they'll back into it, and they'll back into it even worse. Or they because become they had some a, other kind of holic. They didn't just see it yeah. as something that is all ego, they saw it, they made a decision about it, and decided that they're going to work it out. These are spiritual things. We can't work out this stuff. We just need to be the observer and allow God to work it out. Hmm. Is that something? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I got to go. I want to, I'm looking at the clock here. Uh, 
I'm glad to see you, Tom. All right, thank you. <laughs> you were a little late coming in. I, want, I asked, um, what is it that you would like to change about yourself that seemed not to go away? Uh, financial problem. Financial problem. You know, that, 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 that's not, that has nothing to do with what you're talking about, though. It does. Oh, it does? Okay. It's part of it. You know the best way to clean, uh, get control of financial problems? What's that? Cut back on spending. Well, sure, sure. Do without. And I'll tell you, things will get better. Don't wallow in it. Don't. Oh, one thing that we do, too. That's a good one, Tom. Let's say that you overly spend, you waste your money, and then all of a sudden things start tumbling down on you, crashing down, right? You know what the average person would do? And I'm, I, I'm guilty of having done this as well. Instead of being still and growing away from that in the right way, we'll reach outside for some help because we panic in that situation. So we'll go and borrow money from the loan office downtown somewhere or at the bank. Now we got this high interest on it. We'll panic and do something rather than slowing down so that God can kind of rebuild us the right way in it, grow in the right way. Because every time you reach outside for the answer, that, that's just a temporary answer. Somebody, my son, for example, he used to do that, just waste money. And he would ask me for money, and I said, no. I just started saying no to him. And now he's had no one else to go through. He is, uh, he's managing his money, his life very well. Because he had to sink down, and then he cried out to God, and God reestablished him and showed him how to do it in the right way. But if you reach outside for, for anything, for love, for answers, for anything, it's just going to last for a minute. It is doing nothing for you. Because the bank can let you have some money, but in another six months or so, you're right back in the same hole because you have not grown away from that situation. It's just still a person. You're still the same person. Have you seen that happen? Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen that happen. Yeah. yeah. So do you pray? On and off. Not, you know. I'm sorry? I said on and off. Well, then suffer. <laughs> you got to turn to God. You really do if you want to get this thing right. How's the thing with you and your son? Is he getting better? He's staying about the same. He's not getting any better, but he's not getting any worse. But, you know, you know how things go in life. If it don't get better, it always gets worse. Yeah, it does. That's usually how it goes. Yes. Usually it doesn't go the other way. And how do you feel about it? it it's not changing for the good for him. I, I feel bad about it because he's my son. I want good things for him. I don't want to see him suffer unnecessarily as he gets older and, you know. Yeah. Because sometimes you can't see what's coming and someone else can see it better. And you tell him, hey, you keep doing it this way. It's, it's not going to turn out good. You know, you're going to have right. big problems with it down the line. And why and do you? Just live in the, and, and like my son, he'll just kind of like push it aside, be in denial. You know, like mo most problems with, with, with people. Yeah. They push why, things aside. Why did you plant that seed when you were first born? So that he could grow up with a different, different personality or mindset. Well, Zachary was doing, he was doing good until he got a little older. Then I, he got with the wrong, you know, crowd. So Started that, doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. And what made you think, what, what made him do that? Uh, I guess pressures, stresses of life. Is it possible like that, that he wasn't doing good growing up? It was just a, 
a, a seed that was growing, because you notice how kids seem to be all right when they're little kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You and don't see it until they get bigger. Yeah, sure, yeah, once sure. they get bigger, they start doing it on their own, and you really see. And it has a lot to do with the parents not planting the right seed in the beginning. Because the kids are going to be whatever the parents are. Mm-hmm. And so if you're, not, if you're not being the right kind of father for him, he's not going to be the right kind of child. And the one thing I realized about Zach, he learned the truth. He know how to say the stuff about anger and resentment and the father this and the mother this. It's all intellectual knowledge and it's not changing him at all. And the reason he's doing it that way because he learned it in an intellectual way from the people that were teaching him that. It wasn't coming from the, the teacher's heart. It was coming from the mind. And so it did not work. It recreated him in their image. Isn't that somehow that to do that? You can teach your kid with intellectual knowledge and all you're doing is recreating them in your image rather than being that spiritual example for them to see and learn from. Because they learn what they see, not what, and they'll learn intellectually what they hear, but it just messes them up. What do you think about that? Yeah, there's truth to that for sure. Yeah. But, you know, like I tell Zach with his problems that he currently has now, your, your best, your best, the best person that can help you the most is yourself. Because you want to stop something, stop doing something, you have, you, have, you have to stop yourself. You can have all the advice and all the good, you can have people advising you and, you know, you can have all that, but unless you want to stop something, it won't stop. Has you know, that worked for you? Something. It hasn't worked, no. When it- <laughs> no, it doesn't work. <laughs> So how you, how it's you up, it's, it's, it's why, why don't you do, take your own advice? I try to be a good example. At least I think I am. But I'm why not always. You, Zach knows I'm not the greatest example. I know, but you can be, though. And that's what he needed growing up. You're going to have to let him go now. You've got to put him out. But he, uh, you, you have to be what you're telling him that he should be because he hasn't had that example. And, it, and the parents are good at saying, well, you got to do this yourself. You got to resist it, friends, and you got to resist that. No one can do it but you. But the parents are not doing it. And so the advice is, is like throwing advice to the wind. It doesn't have an impact. He understands what has to be done. He just, uh, he just real stubborn. But just like you. Real stubborn. You understand what to do, you're stubborn, you won't do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I have them issues, but, you know, <laughs> I still do what's necessary to keep things going. But you want more than and that. And he sees that. You want more than what's necessary to keep things going. You want order in your life. And God has created order in our lives. And since you're the head of your family, head of your wife, you are the head of your wife, right? I should be. No, are you? Yeah. You sure? Are you the head of your wife? Yeah, I am. One. Are you the head of your wife? <laughs> well, Zach may have a different opinion on that. What do you say? I say I am, but I can't control everything she does. I tell her, don't do this, don't do that. She still does it. Oh, she still does, so you're not the head. Not, ev- not on everything, but you know. But see, God wants that order, especially with kids. He wants you to be the head of your wife. He wants your wife to love you as you love Christ. 
and he wanted the kids to love the mother who loved the father who loved Christ. And that order works. And so when the kids grow up and they become young adults, they go out into the world, they're still going to have to repent, but it's not as difficult. They don't have all these other things that they have to overcome as well. But if the order is broken, the kids are going to be broken too. No, I agree with the order like you're saying right now, but that's a very perfect world, what you're saying, to happen, to work that way. Right. Everything's always got to be smooth and going well, but when the problems hit, that's when when the cracks start showing, you know, when the real problems start hitting. Okay. That's, That's when, you know... The big problem, that's when, you know, you have to deal with what's, what's coming, and then we'll see if everybody works with you. Oh, I love that. Let me ask a couple married folks to respond to that. Ron, respond to that. You're married. Oh, I asked Ed, too. He's trying to hide. So you're married. Yes. That perfect order sounds good, yes. but when trouble comes, it doesn't work. What do you say to that? It works. It does. When trouble comes is when it really works because it shows you your relationship with God. It allows you to see, to deal with it perfectly. That's when it really works. But if you don't have faith in God, then it won't work. Troubles, situations come to make you closer to God, make you a better person, to cause you to see your relationship with God. So situations are good if you look at them in the right way. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. And Ron is married. Zach, what do you have to say to all this? What's wrong with you, boy? Um, what's wrong with you? I don't know. You don't know what's wrong with you? Like. Why'd you let yourself go? You put on all this weight and yeah, you're doing all that other stuff, of which I won't bring up. If you want to yeah, bring yeah. up, you can. Why, what made you just let yourself go? Probably, I don't know. I started putting, like, more priorities towards other things. Like what? And I started seeing things different. And like, 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 I don't know. I feel like people, or like my dad and mom, have always, like, judged me in a way. And that, like, has put, like, and that's, like, put, like, something in, like, me to not, like, want to, like, be like them. Because they're so, like, judgmental of me and, like, all this stuff. And, like, and they can't see the little things that are good. And they always see the bad. Like, like, they can't see the little things that are good, but they always see the bad. And, like, and I don't want to look that way. And And it's really hard to, like, like... I believe in God and everything, but it's really hard to, like, believe a lot of things because, like you, like you said, like, you want to see it from them, you know? Yeah. Like, you really want to see that happening, and when you don't see that, the world's not going to show you that, you know? Right. It's, because you're with your family most of the time. Yeah. So it's really hard to see that, you know? And so you grew up trying not to be like them. Yeah. Not to all be judgmental yeah. and all that other stuff that was going on. Yeah. I understand that, buddy. Yeah. I really do. But yeah, if you notice, you try not to be like that, and, and, and now it's even turned out worse for you. Which the other way would have been bad too for to to be like them. You don't want to be that way. You absolutely shouldn't. Yeah. But it the how your situation turned out. How do you feel about your, the way it's turned out? Actually, um, 
Oh, I don't I don't feel like bad about it really. I just like I just been thinking like a lot about things. So like I don't feel bad about it. I'm actually doing really good things right now. There's some bad things, there's some good things, but I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. yeah. Um a lot m- many many adults and children do not want to be like their parents. Yeah. They don't want to be that way, but the problem is you end up becoming that way anyway. And the thing that caused you to become that way anyway, because you resent the way they are. And as kids, we don't understand the dynamics of what's going on because we're subject to parents. And so we resent the way they are. And then when you try to tell them, look, no, no, don't, don't judge me or stop judging and stop doing this. They won't, they won't think that your advice is good. They don't take your advice. They don't change. So you just start resenting it. And then you say, well, I'm not going to be like them at all. So you end up going for or the other way and still end up messed up because no one told you, hey, you got to just not resent them for it. You're right. You don't want to be that way. But if you resent them, you're going to end up that way anyway. And then they're going to judge you even more so. Yeah. They're going to blame you for all the problems. Yeah. I've been, I've been getting better, though, and not, like, resenting them as I'm much. sorry? I've been getting better, though. Speak like, up for me. I've been getting better, though, at, like, not resenting them as much because, like... Before, I used to get mad at, like, everything, you know? And, like, now it's only, like, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get better. Not, like, just, like you said, just, like, like, I know they're doing this wrong, and they're, they might be judging or whatever, but I don't try to, like, hate that, you know? Because I yeah. know sometimes that's just how it might be, you know? Well, not until you're 17, right? Yeah, I'm going to be 18 in two months. Are you going to college or anything? Yeah, I'm going to COC. Uh, are you going to move out? Uh, probably, yeah, I'm probably, I'm gonna, I'm looking for a job right now, and, yeah. like, I'm doing the hardest, like, yeah, I'm working as hard as I can. I left home at 18, yeah. and, and it was because I was taught that, too, uh, you know, yeah. when you turn 18, you're out of here, mm-hmm. you know. I'm taking you to 18, after that, you're grown, go. I'm like, where am I going? I don't know it, I don't care, yeah. just go. Yeah. So I left at 18, I'm glad I did, I learned, yeah. a, you know, a lot, made a lot of mistakes, but... You got to go now and suffer through yourself so yeah. you can get over this stuff. Because if you stay there, you're not going to get better. Yeah. You really won't get better unless yeah. they truly change. Yeah. And, and even then, you won't get better if you don't forgive them for yeah. the, what happened. I, I, I know what you're saying, Jesse. And, uh But you need to be out on your own. Don't you agree, Tom, that he need to move now? Yeah. I mean, when, once I get my job and everything, I'm just looking for, I'm like, dad, my dad knows I've I'm going 100% thing, 100% in with this job thing, and I'm every day I'm working, every day I'm trying to go out, look for applications, or fill out applications, give them to people, which yeah. show face once in a while. And don't ask stuff. for any handouts. No, I'm not asking for any that's handouts. A, that's another thing I went through. I left home at 18 years old. I never asked for any handouts. I didn't. I didn't. I lived in a roach-infected motel on Adams and Crenshaw. That thing has so many roaches, I may have eaten some of them. I'm serious. (laughs) And that's the honest truth. But I never asked for a handout. My folks don't even know I went through that. I'm serious. I didn't ask for handouts because I was trained not to, I guess. But because a handout confines you to more handouts and more handouts. But if you manage your life and budget your life and just see it through, you become a better independent person for it. Yeah. I want to be independent, too, because I don't like, like you said, handouts. Because yeah. handouts, yeah, what you said, handouts lead to more handouts. And 
Let's and, say that your parents. And I parents... like to do it myself too, because then I know I have that responsibility and yes. that I can do that, you know, on my own. Yeah. Of... Let's say that your parents start giving you money at yeah. 17. They start giving you money to move, giving you money to buy food, giving you money. Mm-hmm. You're going to find yourself always needing that. Yeah. But if you go get your own place, even if you have to sleep on the floor for a month or two, a year, <laughs> you do that. I had to sleep on the floor and just have a little thing on the floor there. Yeah. But I was on my own. I didn't care. Yeah. And I could have asked my uncle or aunt or somebody for some help, but I didn't. I'll probably take your advice once I, once I find that job. It'll yeah. A good paying job, like more than, probably more than minimum wage. And if you go to school, go yeah. to school part-time, work full-time. Yeah. You don't have to just go to full-time school. Exactly. You can live out on your own and go to school. You'll be doing it for yourself. Yeah. But you got to forgive, too. You need to start praying. Yeah. You need to get in the gym before you have a heart attack. Uh, with all that man, weight. So yeah, you look like one of those big uh, sumo folks from uh, yeah, over there by Hawaii. What's the name of those folks? Like, yeah. Or you better get rid of that weight, boy. But here's the deal for all of us. God wants us to cleanse, cleanse our bodies and spirit. Our soul is the spirit of God, created in the image of God. So what we have to, the way you clean the body and the soul, you got to first clean, clean the mind. You got to stay away from all these thoughts and things that you're getting. To, to hate yourself, to hate others, to judge everything, to impose on people, to have doubt, to have fear. When you can let those things go, then your spirit is being cleansed up too. You, got, you need forgiveness in your heart. Forgiveness is love, right? And so when you can stop listening to the imagination of Satan, you start cleansing your, your spirit, and then you'll find yourself cleansing your body, too. You eat better, you exercise, you, uh, you don't have sex until marriage, and if you do have it, you don't judge yourself so that you can get over it. You know, if you make a mistake, it's no big deal. Don't make a big deal out of it. And so when you cleanse that mind, you're allowing the soul and God to come together as one. The Holy Spirit will take over and everything when you're cleansing your soul and your body. But all this stuff that's in the way is nothing but darkness, and it's difficult for the soul, uh, your soul and God to connect together. You got all this other stuff going on in your mind and in your heart. You need a pure heart. We all do. And that's only come when we give up and let God. We got to stop looking to the world. We got to stop looking to our imagination. We must forgive we got to seek first the kingdom of God in his right way. And he'll start to open up things so you can see and understand. That's the only way it's going to get better. You got to cleanse your body and spirit. Our bodies are the temple of God. And it's no big deal. When you think about the things you're doing or have done, don't make a big deal of it. Just say, wow, this was wrong. Just know it was wrong without any excuse. Excuse this. And then God can get in there and do the work. And Satan going to, it's like saying, I don't know. You know, I ask some questions here. If you don't know what it is, just say, I don't know. And you'll notice that Satan will try to make you have an answer anyway. That's all ego. He doesn't want you to just say, I don't know. Because the moment you can say, I'm wrong or I don't know, then God will come in and help you. The Holy Spirit will kick in and start teaching you things. But you got to get over the imagination. It's not your friend. You got to get over decision making. And when you don't make decision, understanding will be there. You want to live by observation. 
not the intellect, not thoughts. And the moment you get away from thinking, observation kicks in and you will be able to see the right thing to do, the right person to vote for, the right words to say. You will see what to do and not to do. That makes sense? Yeah. I'm telling you, you got to get away from that. Oh, thank you, folks. For whatever. I need your donations. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Oh, what you run away from